Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. When I was growing up, we used to have a song that says, Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Say, when I was in trouble, you brought me over. And it was nobody but you. Nobody but you. Amen. Amen. Don't push me, dumb boy. Don't push me. We just get started. Amen. But I am grateful because, you know, a lot of times we can give credit to so many different things and so many different people. But sometimes the Lord will allow you to go through some things where you can't get a credit to nobody else but him. Amen. Amen. I am indeed grateful and humbled to stand before you this morning. I thank my Father, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, to allow me to stand before you. I give honor to the shepherd of this house. We call him so many things. Pastor Dave, Pastor Pop. <laughs> Some call him Daddy Dave. But we thank God for him and, of course, Mama Ann. Mama Ann got that. She talk about other people's hugs. But if you ever been something, you trying to be all strong. Seems like when she hugs, you just fall apart. You be like, wait, I wasn't ready. <laughs> she wasn't supposed to do that. Had my force filled up. <laughs> but we thank God for them. And, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't give honor Pastor Dave introduced him last night, I mean last month, as my Clark Kent. So I guess that makes me Lois Lane. And um, I'm not going to say too much about him, not because I don't want to honor him, but because I don't want to cry before I get started. Because God really, truly blessed me with this man of God. And out of all the things, <laughs> uh, some of you know my testimony, which... I may be able to share a little bit in this sermon. Past 17 months have been a roller coaster ride. But I'm telling you one thing. When the Lord blessed me with this Clark Kent, it still have been one crazy ride. And I have loved every minute of it. I couldn't have a better riding partner than this man here, Brandon Lee Sr. So... <laughs> So I do thank God for him, but like I said, I'm not going to keep talking about him. We're going to move on, because then I'll be up here like Mr. Quitter, already crying before I get through my... I love you, Mr. Quitter. <laughs> um, Psalm 34 is where we're going to be coming from, but let us look to the Lord. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for life, health, and strength. We thank you for our opportunity this morning with you, oh God, that we can come together as sisters and brothers in Christ to give you honor, to give you glory, and to give you praise. And now, Lord, at this time, we want to hear from you. 
Lord God, I know that I'm the vessel that is designated this morning, but God, I am nothing without you. God, you speak, Lord God, like you've never spoken before, that someone, Lord God, would be healed, someone would be delivered, someone may be set free, not because of what I said, but because of what you said, oh God. We thank you, we love you, we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're coming from Psalm 34, and we've already read responsively the first three verses. And if you um, remember, our title is, Where There's a Will, There's a Way. And I thought about this, actually, um, and I'm kind of reference a lot of Pastor Day's sermon from first Sunday. Because a lot of the things that I already had in my heart and mind, I was like, man, he's like already saying it. So I will be referencing some of your, your sermon from first Sunday because it's some of the same things that God had for me, but just in a different, different light. And I hope it all worked together, Miss Alicia, that everybody will understand, um, how God gave it to me. Where there's a will, there's a way. If I could have a subtitle, <clears throat> For those who are taking notes, I'll say it twice. I would call it gritty worship. Gritty, G-R-I-T-T-Y, worship, gritty worship. When we think about the phrase, um, where there's a will, there's a way, um, it's funny, I had heard it so long, but I was like, okay, I need to do my research so I can give credit where credit due. And um, only thing I could find is an ancient English proverb uh, where there's a will, there's a way. And there have been a lot of different variations of this um, phrase. Um, sometimes uh, we've heard in the education system where there's a will, there's an A. Some of you may have heard that. Um, and that was one of the ones that was repeated so many times. And it kind of gave you the, uh, it kind of insinuated that if you work hard enough that an A was attainable. You know, but you had to have the will in order to get it. Um, so either way, this phrase or these phrases, the bottom line is if you want it bad enough, it can be attained or performed. But you got to want it. You got to want it. You got to want it bad enough. You know, and I don't normally do this, but look at your neighbor and say, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Because the thing that we learn about the will, the will... Uh, makes up a part of our mind that's a part of the, we have the will, we have our thoughts, and we have our emotions. But the thing about the will, and we learned this even in our um, commentary, is not controlled by our feelings or our thoughts. In fact, the will can override our feelings and even our intellect. Talking about just the human body now. The will can, have, can override. So I want to suggest to you that you need an override button. You need, everybody needs an override button. Every born again believer needs to discover their override button. Because just because you come into the knowledge of Christ doesn't mean things won't happen. It doesn't exempt us from trouble. It doesn't exempt us from circumstances and situations. But as a believer in Christ, God will give us an override button that we can tap into that will allow us to overcome any circumstance, any situation that comes in our lives. But you need an override button. Merriam-Webster's described the word will, and I love this. He said it's used to express determination, insistence, persistence, or willfulness. It has, it has the idea that I have made up my mind to go, 
and I go, I will. I had to read it because in my mind, I'm sorry, I took it back to the country. I said, I had a well-made up mind. <laughs> Y'all ever heard that before? I got a well-made up mind. That's the will. Meaning that sometimes things are going to come in your life that are going to um, try to distract you or even prohibit you or discouraging you from worshiping God. But when we have our will and we hit that override button, then we have a well-made-up mind that we're going to worship even when it doesn't feel good and even when intellectually it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So let's just look at some examples of will because see some of you probably say well I don't, I don't know if I have that you know but we do we use it all the time we use our will all the time but it's if we want to okay let's think about it Let me, I'm gonna give you three examples and you know if this if this is you then you know you can shout clap whatever nod your head whatever whatever however the Lord hit you but what about when we going to work and we don't want to go and we tired. And that second alarm done went off. And then the third one. And then we hit the snooze button. And then we started thinking about, man, that chick gonna look real crazy if I don't get up. You know what I'm saying? I'm so, I got this due this week. I got this due next week. And I'm depending on this. And somewhere on the inside, even though we don't want to get up. We find ourselves up, showered, dressed, ready, and at work on time. Guess what? You use your will. Because you didn't want to. Your mind said lay down, but you use your will and you got up and went on to work. Now, we can do that for work. Wait a minute. 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 Let me slow down. Now, let me hit some of my school people. Now, if you're in... The uh, if you're in just uh, elementary education, high school, secondary education, this may not apply to you. But there were times in college, since I'm a part-time director, let me let me hit my college and career. I already got career. Let me hit college. There was times, and I was a science major, and it seemed like every science class was at eight o'clock in the morning. I'm like, why do we have to be at lab at eight o'clock in the morning? And so there were times, there's nobody there to tell me, you better get up. You're going to be late. That long go off. You be like, man, I wonder how many absences I can have before I get kicked out. Or more or less, how many absences I can have before I get too far behind. Come on, college students. Y'all know some classes, they ain't got to take roll. You show up missing too many days, <laughs> you ain't going to know what's going on, and you might as well withdraw yourself. <laughs> There was some class that, that you just could not miss. But when I thought about it, and even though I didn't want to, and even though I didn't feel like it, and even though I had to walk in the rain in the class, somewhere on the inside, I willed myself to get up. You know, maybe I was thinking about the tuition that I already signed. <laughs> you know, when that, when that Mercer paper came through and I had seen that 45,000 slide by, maybe, maybe that's what it was. But some kind of way, I willed myself to get up and to do it. And I did the work because I wanted it bad enough. One more. Maybe you say, well, I don't have a problem getting up for work. Not in school. And when I was, it wasn't an issue. 
But for some of us, since the holidays coming up, and it's just September, some of y'all already made your list. What's going on at Thanksgiving table? And there have been times, Lord forgive me, that I've been sitting there and I know I was done. I know I was done. Tapped out, Pastor. Know I was done. But then they brought out the banana pudding. I don't know why they ain't bring everything out so you can survey, you know, and kind of get yourself together. You know what I'm saying? So you can kind of ration off. And then my grandma peach cobbler came out. And anybody had any pearl peach cobbler? No. It's hard to resist. And even though my mind said you're full, and even though my emotions said I felt full, somewhere on the inside, I willed myself to get up and get some of that peach cobbler. And somewhere on the inside, I dug deep. Real deep and got a scoop of vanilla ice cream to go on top. That was, I wheeled myself. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Y'all don't be gluttonous now. I'm trying to tell y'all what not to do. <laughs> but I know we do it. We use our will if we want it bad enough. If we want it bad enough. So let's look at our text. Let's look at our text. Psalm 34. When we look at Psalm 34, we started with the verses, but some of you, um, your Bibles may have the introduction and it'll say a Psalm of David where he pretended madness before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. So let's look at a little background information. When Psalm 34 was written, two things happened. David was running for his life. He was running from his, for his life from Saul. So he decided he's going to hide somewhere near the Philistines. They called him. So when they brought him before him, he didn't want to seem like he was a spy. So he running from Saul, but then the enemy caught him running from his other enemy. Paul and David's in a bad fix. Can I say it like that? He in a bad fix. So he pretended to be out of his mind. Because he said, if they think I'm crazy, they won't, they won't kill me. If they think I'm crazy, they won't, maybe they won't torture me too bad. So David is running from an enemy. And runs into an enemy. So he finds himself between a rock and a hard place. But still finds the right mind and the right time to say, I will. Now let's think about us. Have you ever been in a situation where you feel like I'm running this way to get out of one situation? And then you run into another? That on every side it seems like you just can't get away from trouble? And you know, the thing about trouble, you don't have to look for trouble. Trouble will come find you. <laughs> it will come to your address, knock on your door. There are going to be times in your life when you wake up and trouble say, here I am. What we got, what we get, we getting into today. I'm already ready. So David finds himself between a rock and a hard place, but still he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Now, when we look at that, when we say he blessed the Lord at all times, that means that David has a persevering praise. Number one, he has a persevering praise. When he says all times, that means that his praise is not predicated on a particular season in his life. His worship is not determined on what is going on in his life. So that means whether it's a good time or a bad time, whether it's ugly 
or whether it's hard, whether it's easy or whether it's not. He said, I will still bless the Lord what, at all times. And I read this when I was studying, it said that worship is a sign of trust. Worship is a sign of trust. And I, I just want to hang out there for a minute because I want to make sure we get it. Worship is a sign of trust because when we worship and we honor him, we're saying that we trust the one that is over us. Because, you know, there are people in our lives that we may put on a pedestal, but soon we lose that trust. What we do? We take them down. We take them down. We no longer have that, that, I, that same image of, of them in our lives. But when we have God and we are worshiping him, that's a sign that we trust him. We trust that he knows what's right. We trust that what he does is right. We trust that his motives for our lives is right. So the reason why David can worship at all times is because his troubles and his tribulations didn't disturb his trust in God. His trials and his tribulations didn't take away his trust in who holds his future. Paul is content in all things. Can you bless the Lord at all times? You know, we got some people who... You know, they love summer. They cry when it go. You got some who love winter. You know, some people prefer spring. Some people fall. But when we're coming to worship God, it doesn't matter the season. It doesn't matter the season. And if I could just make it relevant to our church, we have different seasons on, on Sunday. We have traditional we have men leading worship. We have women leading worship. We have our youth leading worship. But if you trust the God that is over all of us, then you can worship on first Sunday. You can worship on second Sunday. You can worship on third Sunday. You can worship on fourth Sunday because no matter what the season is, he is still worthy. He is still worthy to be praised. Some of us may be going through a bad time right now, but he's still, do you trust him? Do you trust him through your situation? And I'm not just speaking to you. I'm, I'm a partaker of this fruit too. Things happen to all of us. But do I trust him enough to say, Lord, you're still worthy? Do I trust him enough to say, Lord, I know you're able? Do I trust him enough to say, Lord, I know you can? The second part of that, he says, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, Growing up, I always just put all that together. I bless the Lord at all times, pressure and put it all together. But as I was studying, the Lord divided it up. Because even after we bless him at all times, he said his praise shall continually be in my mouth. So number two, number one, not only do you have a persevering praise, but you will have a perpetual praise. Perpetual means never ending, ongoing. <clears throat> And when we're praising him ongoing, praise on our lips eliminate other unnecessary talk. I'm going to say it again. Praise on our lips eliminate other unnecessary talk. Now, your unnecessary talk may be different from mine. Some may be gossip. If you're praising God, you can't praise him perpetually and talk about somebody else at the same time. You can't do it. You know... If you're, if, you're pray, if you're talking to the Lord about your situation, you can't be talking to somebody else about somebody else's situation. Some of us, it may be negative talk. 
You talking down on yourself? Because that's a real thing. Negative self-talk. I can't do this. Uh, uh, Miss Alicia said it uh, about you, you contrary to the call because you can't do it. You not don't have the ability. But if you're praising God, he already told you fearfully and wonderfully made. He already told you you can do all things through Christ. So if we're perpetually praising him, you have no room and no time for negativity. Verse 2, he said, I will boast in the Lord. The humble share, hear it and be glad. Boast in the Lord, not in what I can do. Not what I can do. But when I worship, I'm bragging about what he can do. And I do it so much. And I think Matthew Henry commentary said, and you do it loud that other people will hear it. Because, see, you might have a neighbor who's struggling this morning. You know what I'm saying? It might be somebody in your road that just barely drugging you. But when they hear you talking about how good he is, when they hear you singing about how great is our God, when they hear you saying, Lord, in spite of, I give you glory, that may be just what they need to hear and be glad. That may be just enough oomph they need to help them get over their home. But see, if we don't have perpetual praise, not only are we doing a disservice to us, but we're doing a disservice to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's keep going. Our final verse. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. So we have a persevering praise, a perpetual praise. And last, a partnering praise. A partnering praise. And I'm going to kind of bounce off verse 2, a partnering praise. He said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Matthew Henry commentary says that it's great for us to have individual worship, but it sounds best in concert. It sounds best in concert. And, you know, I just want to share a personal testimony because, you know, we've been talking about church and is it important to come to church and all that kind of stuff. And I understand that you can worship anywhere. You can worship God because your life should be a lifestyle of worship. Everything you do should represent him. But let me tell you how great it is when you got somebody that a partner with you. Because see, it helps me will myself to worship when I have somebody that's going to partner up with me. Let me give you two examples of just life examples. Not necessarily church. But see, I, I, I want to show you how we do this on an everyday basis. But when it comes to church, it's like we, we forget that it applies here too. Uh, let's, let's think about those who, who go to the gym. I got any gym goers? Those who just clap your hand if you like to go to the gym. Okay, clap your hands even if you don't like to go, but you go. Because <laughs> there is a difference. But you know, I remember my, my stint before you know, I injured my leg or whatever. I used to go to the gym. I remember even having a trainer. And my trainer used to love me early in the morning. I mean, when I say early, she wanted me early. And I'm telling you, but it was so good that when I finished, I enjoyed it. But the struggle of an alarm going off, and it's dark outside, and she want me to make my way to a gym, that when I finish, I'm going to be too sore to walk away. 
in my in my intellect that just didn't make sense. And in my emotions, it just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right to me, Allison. To know that I'm finna go in here and be so sore I can barely move, and this is supposed to be for my good. But when I got there, and, and I, I drug in, you know, I just just barely made it. But when I got there, there were other people just getting. I mean, like they had been there for a minute. I'm like, do they know what time it is? And I mean, they just get they all on the machine. They got their music going. They on the treadmill. They running. They going upstairs and stuff. They got a boot camp going outside. And you know, it's just something about being in the atmosphere. That even though I didn't want to be there, as I saw them working out, and I saw them getting it. Next thing I know, I'm on the roll machine. You know what I'm saying? I start doing it, you know, and then somebody else get to run you next to them. You know how y'all do? Don't want to be embarrassed and crank it up a little bit, you know? You know? And when I realized it, and then suddenly she's like, she's like, um, she's like, okay, I'm ready for you. I'm like, all right, let's go. You know? Now, when I got there, it wasn't that. But when I saw everybody else, the energy that they had, Jumped off on me and then I felt like I could lift some things. You know what I'm saying? Here I am doing burpees. I hate burpees. But then I see a whole group on it. And then don't let it be somebody that we stereotypically say shouldn't be doing it. You know what I'm saying? Can I say it like that? Can I say it like that? Stereotypically in our mind we think they shouldn't be doing it and they doing it. Oh, they ain't finna beat me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we pump it up. The gym. All right. Some of you say, I can't relate to the gym. It's football season. And I'm telling you, I know we've used it this morning. We did not talk about it. This, but it's, it's right here. Right here. Football game. My husband said, uh, Family Friday, what we call it? Friday Family Fun Night. Friday Family Fun Night. Let's go to the game. I said, okay. He said, we're going to the one uh, Southwest and Central. I said, okay, we'll go. <laughs> <clears throat> I said, okay, we'll go, we'll go to the game, whatever. And so, you know, I get down, I'm thinking to myself, I'm so tired. I wish you would have picked some other event for us. Why we can't just do a red box, you know? That's what's going on in my mind. I ain't say it out loud, but in my mind, I'm thinking, of all time, he want to drag us to a football game. Now I got to watch two kids, make sure they don't fall off on the concrete. You know, this is what's going on. I'm, just, I'm being honest with you. What's going on in my mind? I got two active boys. You know, I'm like, can't sit too low. This is a big game. It's going to be crowded. going to be people everywhere. I got to keep up with my youngest. Da, 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 da. And I was like, man, I wish he would have had a more low-key, more low-key event. For the, you know, and so then we get there, you know, and everything. And I mean, people everywhere. They got on all they, they kill they colors, you know, they had different classes representing. And I mean, it was just crunk, you know what I'm saying? And it was hype. And then, you know, we saw Mr. Scott, you know, he getting the band ready. And <laughs> he was getting the band ready. Here come my son. That's Mr. Mike. You know, I said, yeah, that is Mr. Mike, baby. And so then they were going through, and I'm, I'm be honest, Central wasn't doing that well. But... But even though, wait a minute, Southwest, cause, cause the, I'm finna show y'all some gritty worship. Cause even though they weren't doing that well, soon they got the ball, here they go, standing up. Like nothing ain't happened. Nothing's happening right now. You know what I'm saying? Nothing's happening right now. But see, when, but, and, and, and actually it was looking kinda bad. It was looking bad. 
But that didn't stop them from cheering on their team. That didn't stop them from cheering on their team. And when the band came out, I mean, everybody had their phones. You know, we can, it was like paparazzi. You know, I was like trying to get my kid where he can, uh, you know, Stephen had my child, make sure he can see. But I mean, them, them mamas and adults, everybody was just lined up, taking pictures, video in the band, you know. And after that, they seemed like everything was all right. You know, they had them a good time. Gritty, gritty worship. That's what God wants from us. Some gritty worship. See, 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 some of us, we come to church. And, and we drug ourselves in here. And needless to say, I, I finished the story. By the time, before we even got a halftime, I was feeling the game. I was glad I came. Because of the energy and the excitement of all those around me, it affected me and my praise. And so sometimes when we go through life struggles, Satan's attack is to make you stay home. Because he knows if he can isolate you, he can torment you. If he can isolate you, he can talk to you and make you think, think you'll come out of that conversation with Satan believing the exact opposite of what you went in thinking. That's why we can't, we can't fool with him. You can't play with him. You can't give him no time. And so he know if he can isolate you, he got you right where he wants you. But I promise you, if you can just drag yourself in, because there are some times, Minister K, even Minister K had to drag herself in. Not because I don't trust him, but just the things of life had just kept jumping on me. And I want to take a second just to talk to the people who seem like they don't have a problem. Because see, sometimes they get missed in church. You know, we talk about those who've overcome this and overcome that and overcome this big stuff. But sometimes it's a lot of little things. They can jump on you all week long, all month long, you know, and you keep telling yourself, I'm all right. You know, you the strong one. I'm good. I can handle, I can do all things. And after a while, so many things jump on you, you can't think of a word to say. Anybody ever been that strong one? You ain't supposed to cry. You ain't supposed to get sick. You're not supposed to get discouraged. But sometimes it's enough little things. You know, Pastor preached a sermon called That Straw. You know, you, you were good when it first started coming on. But every now and then you get to the point where enough is enough. But I decree and declare to you, if you can just drag yourself and find somebody to partner up with, your whole situation, your whole outlook can change. Do you have greedy worship? Do you have greedy worship? Because I'm thinking about this football game and I was thinking about church. And you know, we have some people with greedy worship in here. They have drugged themselves in. And they waiting for the fan or, or shall I say the church member. They seem like they just got an out of control praise. It ain't nothing going on. You know what I'm saying? You need that member that jump up and say, Hallelujah. And it's quiet. You need that member when they say it's time for the offering. Thank you, Jesus. You need that member. You need that member when it ain't too much going on. And you might even say it the first time. Oh, here she go again. 
She dancing. She got she's standing up with her hands lifted. But the thing is, God is using that person. Because see, if they keep on, next thing you know, you got your hand up. God is looking for some people with some gritty worship. They just won't give up at the first sign of trouble. Let me give you some people that I feel have gritty worship, and I'm going to leave you guys alone. Because I know some of y'all willing yourselves to listen to me right now. You say, I'm trying to, Minister K, but my stomach is growling. And I'm trying to use that override button, but I can't press it hard enough because we already talked about what we're going to eat when we leave here. So you better go and make haste. I'm going to ask you to dig a little deeper and I'll be done. Gritty worship, the Syrophoenician woman. Even after Jesus told her no, she said, will you heal my daughter? He said, no. The Bible says she fell and worshipped. That's gritty worship. Because, see, we all know what your Jesus said yes praise looked like. We know what your Jesus did at praise looked like. But what about your Jesus said wait praise? Can you really worship when he said no? When he said not yet? When he said no way? No how? Can you still say, Lord, I trust you? Well, what about Hannah? This is women's son. What about Hannah? Even though she was barren, she was buked and scorned by her uh, adversary, she still went to the temple anyway. She could have stayed home and said, you know what? Y'all just go on without me. I'm going to just wallow in my own self-pity. But when they got ready to go, say Hannah was right there with them. And then when she got to the temple, she didn't sit in the back with her arms crossed saying, I'm just here because they told me to come. When she got to the temple, it said that she got down there and cried out to the Lord. That's some gritty worship. When I think about Paul, they said, I've been beaten. I've been, I've been beaten. I've been scorned. I've been shipwrecked. And he still decided to bless the Lord. That's gritty worship. But I couldn't stop without including myself. I thank God that he's shown me that I have some gritty worship. That there have been enough small battles in my life since April of last year that if, it didn't, if I didn't have the saints and the believers and the body of the believers, it was a battle of my mind. It was a battle of your mind. And when you have a battle of your mind, it's hard to touch it. You can't tamper with it. But I had gritty worship. And I drug myself to church. Because sometimes I didn't feel like lifting my hands. Sometimes I didn't feel like saying, come on, let's bless the Lord. My emotions say, I don't feel like it. You sick. Sit down. You don't feel good. Sit down. You hurting. Sit down. But something on the inside. Something on the inside. Every time I wanted to give up, I hit the override button. Every time I wanted to stay home, I hit the override button.
And not just for church, because see, sometimes Satan will jump on you, and you don't want to go nowhere. And my husband said, let's go here. And in my mind, I'm saying, no. But then I hit the override button and said, I will. I will live and not die. I will thrive and not just survive. I will keep moving on. I will keep teaching. I will keep preaching. I will keep singing. I will keep blessing. I will keep worshiping. And why? Because I trust him. I trust him. I trust that he knows all. I trust that he sees all. And everything that I'm going through, it'll all work together for my good. It might have taken my energy. Sometimes it took my tears, but it didn't take my trust. Sometimes the enemy stole my strength. He stole my time. And he tried to steal my joy, but he didn't take my trust because I knew that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the same one that was looking over me before is still looking over me right now. There were time and time again, I haven't shared this with a lot of people, but after my knee surgery, it wasn't a smooth ride. And every time I would get to the point where I thought I was over it, I would have a, a, some kind of accident. I would fall. And Brandon said, don't you let it. Don't you do it. Don't you go there. I said, but I can't help it. He said, don't you go there. And the first time it happened, I was good. He said my scriptures, sung my songs, read my scriptures. You know, y'all know how we do. We done quoted ourselves back up. But then the second time, it was harder to get back up. It was harder to get back up because I could, when will this be over? When will, it, when will I be whole? And the Lord, I, he said nothing. He said nothing. And I said, well, is it me? Y'all know we do that. He said, it's not you. So then I'm there and I'm feeling good, feeling real good. It happened the third time. I said, Lord, I don't know because now I'm starting to live in fear. And every time I would stand up, I started to pray. Lord, don't let my legs give up. Lord, don't let tell my brain to tell my knee what to do. And I kept saying that. And the Lord is like, I wanted you to see. And I'm in control of all things. I want you to be able to testify of what we take for granted. I want you to tell other people of, of the activity of your limbs, how we take those things. We think they're automatic. But it's by his power. And it's by his might that we can wave our hands. So when you see me acting crazy up here. It's not because I'm just emotional, but I am grateful to God that he give me the ability to wave my hands. He give me the ability to move my legs. I am grateful. And if it's going to take greedy worship for you to understand God's goodness, sometimes it's going to take some grit. You're going to have to bare your teeth and keep moving forward because you know that the God you serve he is trustworthy and everything he does is intentional 
It is for your good. Do you have greedy worship? Because where there's a will, there's a way. I can testify. Minister Benita, when you talked to me about coming up here in this wheelchair, I had to. I felt if I didn't, I would stop. I got to keep moving. Because if I slow down, I will stop. And I will not let Satan have my praise. I will not be defeated. When we come here on Sunday mornings, I know you don't always feel like it. Come anyway. I know your mind is saying, just take this one off. Come anyway. There's some brothers and sisters on your row. That God has in a different season in their lives. And they're going to be your Paul and Silas. They're going to praise God so much that your chains get loose. They're going to be Paul and Silas for you. Because there were some times I would come and I see these two guys just dancing for the Lord. And all my aches went away. There are going to be some times in your life you're going to see Mama Ann dance. And you didn't want to, but after seeing what she did, it put something in your feet. There are going to be some times in your life where you're going to hear Mr. Brandon say, Hallelujah! And you're going to make you want to shout hallelujah. There are going to be some times that you didn't want to come, but you heard Brother Max say, All right, Kay! And then you're going to want to do it. You need to be here so when the hammer falls, and the anointing is flowing through. You won't miss it. Be in place that you can hear from the Lord. Because some of you need to know that even though it may not feel good, it'll work together for your good. So when you don't want to lift your hands, lift them anyway. When you don't want to shout, shout anyway. When you don't want to pray, pray anyway. When you don't want to sing, sing anyway. When you don't want to play, play anyway. Because he is worthy and we trust him. Hallelujah. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. <coughs> Do it anyway. As we stand to your feet, there was this song that came to my heart. And I said, oh, I can't do that. Because the words are so powerful. I'm very particular. I don't want to sing a lot. Because you can sing one just like you can tell one. But when I realized that I was actually living the song, I said, Lord, I, th I think I can. Because see, a lot of times, like I said, we, we look at ourselves and if we don't have a major illness, you don't have a major relationship issue, then you should be all right. But see, sometimes it's the little things that pile up in your life that can bring you down. And, uh, and the song says that even if, even if, even if, 
even if he doesn't do what I want him to do, my hope is still in him alone. And I ask them to put the words up because I want to make sure you allow this to minister to your heart. For those with greedy worship. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.